and welcome to the inaugural episode of Processing Minority, a look into the opinions and topics that we don't hear from the people who face them firsthand. I'm your host, Clarice Bell, and I'm a sophomore at Cremont. Today's episode, we will be focusing on how art students and those who wish to pursue arts in the future feel supported at a school known for its excellence in education, such as Cremont. We will be hearing the opinions of an alumni and a current student at Carmont, as well as a current arts education teacher. I'm here with Vivian Yip, an alum of Carmont of the year 2018, and she's a current student at Parsons School of Design. Vivian, what are you currently studying at Parsons? I am a fashion design major at Parsons. We sew and like we learn design and then we learn like the business aspects of fashion, the fashion industry. Kind of going back to the past, how was your experience at Carmont? I know that Carmont is very academic focus. We are considered a STEM school, more or less, like a public STEM school. And performing arts-wise, I think we were doing pretty solid, but I think we are lacking in like 2D art, like fine arts, and like drawing and like painting. Even at her time at Carmont, Vivian believed that changes had to be made, including the fine arts program, and even adding on to the already growing performing arts program. I think that we could really expand our like our 2D art section with more professors and like probably more than like three classrooms because currently all the arts class are in like only maybe four classrooms max. I wish there was less of a forced focus on STEM because of course we live in California and the Silicon Valley and like how that like technology is really booming here but there is such a forced like need to for all the students really to like be like you must be in STEM because that's the only way you'll thrive in life which is like not true. Well thank you so much for sitting down with me everyone that was Vivian Yip. To say that I'm biased is frankly an understatement. For all my life I've been participating in different forms of art from painting to now the majority on the stage doing theater. Even with an artistic bias and love for the arts I do not believe that the art program should reign over the already existing academic ones. In a study conducted by the National School Board Association, they concluded that curricular and extracurricular art studies and activities help keep many high schoolers from dropping out. Our next guest is Alex Nyhomkin Calvez. He's a junior at Carlmont and has been in the advanced dance class for two years and claims he's been dancing his whole life. However, unlike previous guests, he says that dance is only an extracurricular. How has your academic experience been at Carmont? Pretty good. A lot of the teachers are really nice to me and they give me a lot of extra time if I need it, which is really nice. And usually I was pretty lucky with teachers, so I didn't get a lot of homework. With that combination of your academics and also your artistic school career, how do you feel that the school supports your passion, especially in a place like Carmont that is so prized and so proud to have such a great science and maths program? So I'm not going to go into something with science and that. I'm going to go and I'm going to study and major in psychology. And so I think the school definitely supports that because they have an AP psychology program. But I have a couple friends that are definitely going to major in dance and they're already doing auditions for major dance companies to get into scholarships for dance. Unlike Vivian, from my past interview and other students I've spoken to, Alex believes that it's the sports program that's taking away funding from the arts, 
not the education. Um, I do feel that they support more of the sports than the artistic program, only because the way that they like brag about how good their football team is and all of the posters and the, on their websites, but there's no real art or dance or anything of the sort, which I feel like a lot of our students are really, really good and passionate about. So I feel like that should also be viewed. And I feel like they also give a lot more money towards uh, sports and they go a lot for their outfits and going to different games and camps. And for art, they don't do that much. They don't give us new supplies if you take like an art class because a lot of the teachers have to supply with their own money and a lot of teachers can't do that. Alex says that if there were one thing the administration could do to show support for the arts is to visit. It would be nice to like to have more administration show up for galleries and different things that we do for the arts like they do for the sports and maybe help donate a little bit more money to the arts programs. Thank you. That was Alex Nyholm-Gunkalvis. Alex's point on teacher spending in the classroom brought up something very interesting. Just how much did teachers have to spend per year for their own classroom on materials that the school didn't give themselves? According to a 2019 report from the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities, teachers earn less in 42 states than they did a decade ago, and yet are often pulling out thousands of dollars to spend on supplies for their own classrooms. Not only can this be frustrating in itself, but most teachers make an average of only around $45,000 a year. In that same study, it was discovered that specialized teachers, or teachers that focus on one specific subject, often have to pay more. This means that art teachers who are doing painting or photography classes often have to put even more money for their students to get the education they deserve. Just last August, before the beginning of this school year, it got so bad that many teachers turned to Twitter with the hashtag ClearTheLists campaign. Teachers asked strangers and celebrities to buy supplies off their Amazon wish lists. For elementary school teachers, this included basic things like chalk, crayons, and markers. However, specialized classrooms often call for more expensive materials and ones that often cannot be bought on Amazon wish lists. To get a teacher's opinion, we will be speaking to Miss Nancy Mark. Beyond just her drama classes, she also helps put on two plays a year alongside a one-act festival. For our last interview today, I sat down with her to ask her a few questions on this topic. As an artistic teacher, how do you feel that the school supports your students directly? I feel that Caramont has always supported the art students by creating, building a fantastic performing arts center, for one. And we are able to put on as many productions as we want. So I feel that that has always been greatly supported. With all of these amazing opportunities, Miss Martin only sees a few problems monetarily. In comparison to the sports program and, and possibly science-related activities, we haven't been given the money from the rest of the school, from administration. We do a wonderful job in raising enough funding to support our programs and our performances, but it could be better supported. I don't think it inhibits them at all because 
if students want to put on something, we find a way that they can do it. Even with these issues, Miss Martin makes it very clear that she wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Yeah, I've, I've, I've always said I have the best job in the world um, with the students who I get to work with and opportunities that they get to have for producing shows and directing. I really do appreciate you uh, taking the time for this. Thank you for listening to the first episode of Processing Minority. If you want to learn more about the following episodes, the topics we discuss in each episode, or just want to follow along, you can find the podcast at Processing Minority on Instagram. And regardless of the subject, make sure you thank your teachers.